This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit poddex.com to get your Poddex today. This episode is powered by Poddex. Fanboys and fangirls, welcome to our edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. I am your host of the franchise. Of course, join me is my brother, my co-host, Pico. What's up, y'all? Hey, guys. This is pretty much this episode today is pretty much an update kind of episode. Um, and before we get into that, we just want to remind you guys, um, not only are we sponsored by Anchor, but we also this episode is also powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcasts. Simply shuffle up. Ask a question and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use the code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Alright, let's get down to it. So, pretty much, you know, like I said, this is an update episode. Uh, We are going to cover Mandalorian, like we always do. Um, And unfortunately, I just remember last week, we didn't even review the last episode. The second one. My second episode, Mandalorian, and we did see last week's, last Friday's episode, so we do want to touch base on that, and also let you guys know, you know, what's going on with the podcast moving forward. No, me and Biko are not breaking up. <laughs> if you want to think about, oh no, they're not going to do it anymore, nope, that's not, is not the case. Um, 
If you want to do that, Nico, you want to chime in why what the changes are coming to the podcast moving forward? Oh, uh, just that it won't be, I guess it won't be us being in the same room recording, uh, but we will still be recording together uh, just through uh, video chat and stuff like So kind of similar to what we had in Sydney on, we're going to just do video call because uh, we're not going to be able to be accessible in the same locations because uh, I'm moving for work and all that stuff. So, But things are going to still carry on as usual. You should still expect an episode on Tuesday, um, just depending on how our schedule is going to be structured because mine's a little a little more inconsistent compared to my brother's because uh, we'll be working in different industries. So... But no, just just uh, just don't expect it. Uh, you'll still expect to see a new episode uploaded on Tuesdays, if not that Wednesday after, for your consumption. Uh, thank you again for the support throughout these uh, these years. I want to say, as we have gotten a chance to really provide you guys content in a, in a consistent weekly basis, and we're gonna continue that uh, schedule. So. Please stay with us as we make a pretty smooth transition on both ends. But uh, we appreciate you guys' support and, and listening in. Uh, this is really helpful. And we are going to continue providing uh, great content for y'all. Um, I also wanted to mention that I'm working as well on a separate podcast of my own. Uh, it, it's still in the works as I'm trying to set up the, the, the bones of the project. But uh, I came up with a name for it and you should see it. I'll, I'll mention it on the next podcast episode once I get everything set up on the online end. That way I can able to give you guys uh, more info on what I'm trying to look for and what the content I want to provide for y'all based on my perspective. And I also want to kind of give you a little bit of more of a sense on who I am as a person as well as uh, introduce you guys to people I've met in my life, a lot of uh, creative people from, from all walks of life. So similar, not similar to what Joe Rogan does, but um, I've I've had the pleasure and the honor of getting to know a lot of people who work in several industries and a lot of creative industries, and I kind of want to focus on that and as well as uh, focus on the mental health aspect of things, uh, considering that I deal with that stuff, and, and I want to kind of provide a platform for others to feel open and discussing that while we're going through some pretty turbulent times in our society. Uh, culturally, economically, globally, uh, geographically. Right now, it's, it's what a time to be alive. So, uh, And that's not the name of it, which I feel like it wouldn't be as original, but uh, the title of the podcast is going to be Cry Now, Laugh Later. And I want to just kind of... It, it's going to be a lot of humor, a lot of like dark, dark stuff, dark jokes, but, uh, you know, kind of getting having these deep conversations that not a lot of people feel comfortable having, and I want to provide that space. And, uh, and, and like I mentioned before, I've had the pleasure of getting to know so many different people from all walks of life, and I would love to give them a platform, and I just want to garner some support around that and to hopefully you know, have an avenue to channel the things I want to get out and the things I want to talk about um, that are outside of pop culture. Um, they'll be a little bit in there, but it's just it's going to be talking about like you know, people's crazy experiences, uh, what they come from, what they've learned, you know, just talking about different different theories of this walk of life or whatever this thing we call life is and uh and just kind of try to you know get people to connect and relate to people with mental illness or or you know people in the music industry uh the art the art world uh the financial world i i've i've like i said i've i've gotten a chance to meet a lot of people who i i feel you know i feel honored to i can call them friends and confidence and i want to you know 
get let you guys get to know them. So I can only hope that you guys continue to follow Talk and Pop and and hopefully, you know, in the next coming months, you'll be able to show some support on my end as well as I, you know, we divvy on to different projects as well as continuing to create content for you guys on this platform. And we, I can only say thank you so much for helping us out and supporting the podcast. You know, please feel free to check out our merch store as well and and just pick up, you know, just to support the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. You know, we, we still remain independent and we only we only move forward with your guys' help. So thank you so much for helping us. And, and like I said, it's it's a project in the works. And I know I've been saying it for a while now, but it's it's finally coming along as things are moving along better from my end. Because, uh, you know, everyone, it's been a crazy year, guys. So definitely don't feel pressured. Um, and if there's anything I can give as advice is, you know, just take your time. Everyone's tackling something that's very difficult right now. Um, and I can only hope and, and wish you the best during these turbulent times and hopefully you guys are doing okay out there uh feel free to obviously talk to us on the twitter um my brother handles those things the social media aspect of things so please feel free to you know give us a ring it could be anything talk about what you want you know criticize the podcast as you will we we're pretty constructive on that so it is what it is but uh thank you guys and um let's go let's continue with the show um so we like you mentioned before we saw mandalorian the last two episodes and it's funny because yeah you had mentioned it like a week ago it's like damn we haven't even talked about the mandalorian yet and i think it's just because everything's so crazy it's hard to like keep track of everything but um yeah so let's start about with the second episode um do you yeah. want to read like a synopsis of the second one yeah i just pull up like i just pull up the, like the page from wikipedia uh, like a little summary and stuff about it mm-hmm. um it's kind of like a kind of like a little bit of spoilers in it but we'll just talk about like high review of it so I'm gonna give you guys a spoiler warning. Like I said, I'm bringing this description basically. This like they did like a summary off of each episode, so this is a summary. But at the same time, there's some spoilers, so give you guys warning. Like I said, that's like the one biggest thing going on for Disney right now. I will, like I said, so the first, the, so episode two is pretty much starts chapter ten. The Passenger um, was directed by Peyton Reed. If you remember, he's the director of Ant Man and Man the Wasp. Of course, you know, they're doing, like, the same for John Favreau and Dave Filoni are still doing the same, you know, concept of bringing in guest directors to direct each episode, which is kind of cool. Uh, Peyton Reed, like, this year, he decided to help out this season, like I said. So, pretty much, it's called The Passenger. Uh, basically, Mando, Din Jardin. I'm trying to confirm his Mando, but I'm going to start calling him Din because that's his name. Um... He gets uh, contracted to take, um, pretty much what happens is, it starts off with him and a child, they're flying in space, and then all of a sudden, um, they have stopping back at um, Tatooine, and pretty much, um, they they find out, he finds out that he can get some information about Mount Mandalorians. So, of course, um, he gets tasked to take this frog lady and her eggs from Tatooine to the Ist... This place is like Ist-Tur Moon Trask. Where Trask her, yeah. yeah, Trask, where her husband will fertilize the eggs. In exchange for info for other Mandalorians. Because the husband claims that he knows, uh, he knows uh, a contact where, with the Mandalorians and where they're located within that same planet. And it says here, due to the egg's fragility, they must travel to slow sublight speeds. 
Um, pretty much, I'm giving you the big summary, guys. On the journey, they are confronted by X-Wing fighters who have forced the Mandalorian to a nearby icy planet because he is wanted by the New Republic for his role in the Prison Break. So there's a callback to the first season, guys, if you have not seen Prison Break. They crash land the planet, and while the Mandalorian fixes the ship, the child stumbles upon numerous eggs inside an ice cave, which has revealed a swarm of spiral-like creatures. The Mandalorian, chi- Mandalorian, the child, and the passenger are trapped in a razor crest, the Mandalorian ship, until the X-Wing pilots find them and kill the creatures. This ain't because the Mandalorian help of apprehend his accomplices from the prison break, they will drop their arrest warrant and leave him with a warning. After Mandalorian finishes repairs, the child razor crest takes off and resumes his journey to Trask. So this is a brief summary, guys, but we're going to deep into this episode. Um, so, so basically going back, so now he's tasked with carrying his fog lady. So she's simple, like the problem is, is the whole communication type of thing because he doesn't speak the language. But the lady played by Amy Sedaris, she speaks the language, so she kind of understands what she's saying and stuff. And of course, it gets to the point where everybody, oh, they got song up on the child, oh, he's so cute and stuff. Typical stuff. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, it kind of, the child has now shed a new light on me now. He sees this thing, filled eggs, and he does the one thing which I thought he was not going to do. But it kind of makes sense because babies are babies. They like to, they're curious, they're explorative, and they like to see things in mouth. But in this case, the child starts oh, eating the eggs. Which is fucked up. Which is messed up. He just like, he doesn't chew, he just like pops them in his mouth. Like, so pops them in his mouth. And he gets caught. I think Mando catches a few times. And it was crazy. And it's like, great. You know, you paint this child in a whole new light. Oh, he's sweet. He's cute. And everything all of a sudden, and starts chopping out the eggs. I'm like, what the fuck? And, oh, it was just weird. And he's trying his best to keep an eye on him. But at the same time, he has to keep his speed because he's going to go somewhere sweet because the eggs are sensitive. And, of course, you know, like I said, it gets stopped by X-Wing fighters. And of course, there's a couple of cameos from the X-Men Fighters. Um, I think one of the actors is from that other show, Kids Convenience, that's on Netflix. No. Oh. So he's on there. Um, and they ask him, you know, his first codes and stuff. Like, basically because the Empire is... Because the way the ship he's driving was like a former Empire ship or something. The Razor Crest. So they're asking for, like, the codes and stuff. Because of the fact that, you know... Now with the Empire being gone, like I said, this time frame is like five or six months after the fall of the Empire... Now the New Republic is slowly becoming the kind of police the galaxy again. You know, they're doing the patrols and they're asking questions, you know, basically, you know, gives your codes and stuff. And they find out that he has a warrant, basically. That he has a bounty by the New Republic for the help in the prison break. We haven't seen that episode that's the one where, you know, Bill Burr makes an appearance on there, Clancy Brown. On top of him getting the child, he has like two bounties now. Two bounties now. Yeah. So he's two bodies on now. So basically, they try. He tries to get away and they end up leading. So like I said, they end up leading on this planet. It's an icy planet. They didn't mention it on here. Um, and they crash and to the point he has to go make repairs. And of course, at the same time, he's still keeping on the child. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they end up finding the, the, the frog lady ends up finding the droid. And he gets ticked off because she ends up like using it to communicate with him. <laughs> Which I understand. I mean, I thought he liked droids, but he's still, I can tell he's still a little paranoid because that one droid he had pieces of was a killer. So, yeah, he's still, uh, he's still somewhat prejudiced of the whole thing. Even though that one droid from last season helped him out medically. Which, you know, based on his, 
upbringing and obviously seeing them devastate his whole village, you would think that, like, I mean, it's not surprising that he doesn't have that ingrained kind of prejudice in him considering that they, yeah, they took his livelihood and his folks. So it's sad, but at the same time, we kind of see him as well, kind of struggling with trying to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, trying to work through that mentally within him. And, it, and it, obviously, I like that uh, John Farrell is putting him in situations like that where you can do that, or we see him more battle that kind of prejudice while we're going along. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, that's that's basically the gist of the episode because he's just we just see him trying to help this lady travel to get to where she goes. So it's like playing an RPG game when you have to have an when you have to escort something, and those are mm-hmm. kind of like the worst missions that people complain about because the AI is never perfect. But it's similar to that episode. Kind of takes its tropes from that. If you're if you're familiar with RPG games, and then of course, um, you know, she ends up like she ends up like leaving the ship. She ends up going. She ends up finding like these hot springs. Yeah. And the child goes with her, so he, the child follows her, and the eggs are in the water and stuff. And of course, the child he's so obsessed with those freaking eggs, he ends up following her, and you know she's keeping them warm in the hot springs. And of course, Mando what goes and like, you know, he ends up going to hey, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, you know. Of course, um, the child sees a bunch of eggs on the ground. Being curious as he is, he what? ends up opening one of them, and which unleashes freaking those the most creepiest. I don't know how you guys are about spiders. Spiders kind of freak me out, but being how in the Star Wars universe and apparently being a spinning, if you've seen Avatar with all the bunch of ants, freaking spiders were creepiest. I'll do. Mm. All of a sudden, he tag he. Opens one of the eggs. Spider key eats one of them. And all of a sudden, he eats one of the spiders. And all of a sudden, it does a chain reaction where all the eggs start hatching. Then the big-ass queen comes out. And it almost becomes a cold one, like a, like a horror movie well, aspect. Did you say what, why they were there? They they They, they had, crash landed. Yeah, they, they were hiding. they were getting chased. They were chased by the X-Wing fighters, yeah. X-Wing fighters patrolling that sector. Because he refused to give him the coast and stuff, and then plus he has yeah. the, the bounty on him with, with the prison break and stuff. Yeah, he was trying to, you know, travel relatively, you know, low-key and escalate to that. And now he's facing, like, the frosty version of Shelob from Lord of the Rings. Uh, and yeah, it's crazy because we get, you know, he, he's in a very vulnerable position having to watch this, uh, watch the, the, the frog creature with the eggs and take care of the baby and it just explodes like you mentioned before, uh, the child eating the, the eggs of the spider and it technically getting harvested, but it's so strange how there's, it's, uh, that's ba- that's basically what happens, you know. And then they he he ends up being able to carry on the day. And <clears throat> excuse me, and we see him able to kind of defeat the monster, or almost getting pushed to the edge to where they could have died. But then shortly after, uh, the X spiders that he had run into before they end up kind of come in and save the day and kill the spiders uh, at and their last hope. And uh, then they mention they like, that he meant. Then they mentioned that he. Uh, they let, they, they're giving them off, they're leaving them off the hook because of, I guess based on the report they got that, remember that one prison guard that he saved? Yeah, he saved the guy. He saved that one prison guard. Yeah. So that's because he's, because of his actions and how he saved that prison guard and then, you know, put the other, um, and put the other, like, you know, the other people that he was running with, mm-hmm. like Bill Burr, his character and the other people in the cells. It was, like a, it was like a favor. It was like a like now we're even. Kind now of we're thing. even type of thing. Yeah, we're gonna look the other way now because you helped out. But just be careful. They said, 
And that was like, okay, so, um, but now he's able to make those repairs, and now they're going to go back trash. But the problem is, with the, with the rest of the hall being as it is, the only way they can stay sealed is to be in the cockpit, so they can't move anywhere else. Due to the fact that the ship, the Razor Crest, took a lot of damage from the big spiders, and um, and pretty much, you know, and so now they have to stay in there. They gotta go to sleep, and then of course, the one thing at the end is the fact that freaking child decides, you know what? He like at the end, like the few seconds, he ends up pulling out an egg. From under his little coat, and he ends up popping it in his mouth before everyone went to sleep. I'm like, what the fudge, man? It's like, how do you not learn not to take things and put it in your mouth because you never know what's going to happen? But he ends up, like, being nonchalantly grabs the egg and puts it in his mouth at the end of the episode, dude. But Which is, is my well, one God. of my gripes of this episode. But uh, that they, they consistently use that as, like, I guess a humor moment. If you're into that sort of thing, as far as, you know, little little gags and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the episode in a nutshell. Um, yeah, are we going to critique it a little bit? Because I definitely do. Yeah, we can go by it, but I just wanted to, like, okay, what I what I like to... Okay, so I'm going to give you guys what I like about it and what I hate about it. The one thing I liked about it was the spiders were real cool. I liked the effects. It was kind of cool. It kind of reminds me of Ant-Man. If you watch Ant-Man, when, you know, when you first started training the... When, you know, when Paul Rudd, like, his character Scott Lang starts training with the ants and how they all swarm and shit. You get that feeling, like, even the effects were good. I could tell the way the direction he was doing, he was doing kind of, like, almost like the chain reaction. Kind of like similar, like, Payne Reed, like, giving his own stop. It's like I said, they got the guest directors, you know? And I like the effects of the frog lady. The frog lady was kind of cool. I don't know if that was, like, it looked like CGI. It looked like a more, like, animatronic almost aspect of it. Because mm. like, I couldn't tell. But, but... I mean, the pacing was good. I don't know. The episode was like 48 minutes. I think it wasn't that long. Like, I noticed, like, the episodes are not being as long in length and stuff. But to me, it was, this felt like what I liked about it, too, was it gives more diverse to the creatures in the Star Wars universe because you get to see these other, like, races in the in the Star Wars universe. I never knew they were frog creatures. That was interesting. So it kind of, like, expands upon what you saw in, in the previous films. So, like, that's why I kind of like for a fact you get to see these Oh, so this is the, the version of, you know, how frog, frogs are perceived in the Star Wars universe. Same thing with the spider creatures. Now we know how the spider creatures look in the, in the Star Wars universe. It was cool seeing the X-Wing fighters, too, because it's been a while since I've seen those guys. Yeah. Good yeah. seeing that and that they're being used and what it is. Um, I would say the biggest gripe that I had with the episode was, of course, the child being the anything, anything. So it was, to me, it was like... The way I understand he's the kid, guys, but at the same time, if Amanda's taking care of you and he's telling you, "Hey, um, don't eat that, don't eat it," right? He's a kid. He's like, I understand he's a kid, but dude, if he's telling you, "Don't eat it, don't eat it," right? And he still gets like obsessed about it. And it's like, oh my god, it's like, come on! And then he's like, oh, I'm so obsessed with the eggs. Like, oh, I'm like, what the fudge, dude? And I feel bad for him because the man has to go back and forth, like. You can't to this girl, like, this lady's name because you love this client's name, but at the same time trying to watch the kid. Like, I understand your focus is on both things. And at the same time, you're trying to invade these X-Wing fighters. So it's like... Yeah, that kid's timing sucks. It's, a, it's just the timing, and then it's just... And that's the one... That, but that was, like, my biggest, like, gripe with the episode. But overall, I enjoyed it. It was good. 
I enjoyed the music. It kind of gave that horror aspect type of thing, you know, with the big spiders. Go yeah. over that shit, dude. It was crazy, dude. And, like, how they're breaking into the shit. You see the webbing and stuff. And how he's breaking yeah, with the flamethrower. And, you know, it was cool. And then just, you know, I'm an instrumental showing some compassion to the, the frog lady. Because, you know, of course, with the language barrier, kind of, you know, kind of hard. But I kind of understand where she's coming from. You know, she cares about her eggs, making sure she's she gets the her last of her race. She and her husband are like almost like the last of their kind. Almost they are the last of their kind. The last of their she's kind. The last, her and her husband were the last ones left. And you know, trying to get to get his eggs to get fertilized. So I don't know if you've seen frogs and the way frogs have their breeding and stuff. You know, the, the female lays the eggs and the, and the male you know fertilizes them. So in that traditional sense, so I kind of like how they kept that you know aspect of it in the sources. Yeah, they're anthropomorphic, but they're still keeping to you know, the nature how frogs you know. You know, you know, mate and stuff, and how that works, and yeah, because it lasted a kind. So at the same time, man was trying to show a little compassion to the fact that I understand her concerns. She gives her for her kids and stuff. She also stresses trust as well because she's been given this task. Yeah, and the whole anxiety of you know, I want to get this get to that planet so I can see my husband. You know, yeah. so th- like I said, that's that's the only biggest gripe is just you know the freaking child freaking touching eating things randomly without thinking. But I understand he's a kid. But it's like, how do you not learn when men don't eat the eggs and all of a sudden he eats a freaking spider egg too? It's like, oh my god, dude. And yeah. like, how do you not, not be traumatized after that episode at the end? He's just like... He still pops it. He still it. pops one in the mouth after not learning that, look what you did. You're the one that started the whole chain reaction of the spiders attacking you guys. Mm-hmm. How do you not learn from that? Um, yeah. So, no, what's, what's, honestly, if I had to give this episode a bit great, I gave it a B. Okay. I give it a B plus. That's very generous. I give um, it a B plus, so... I think it's generous. Uh, What's your critique on this episode, Biko? Honestly, I didn't really love this episode. I thought it was entertaining, uh, but I felt like they could have saved this episode. Uh, the whatever story arc they're trying to expand on, I I wish they had laid, saved this episode for later, or they could have put this in the first season, because I just don't... In the grand scheme of things, I don't understand. I, I mean, once you see it played out, as we talk about the next episode after that, the third most recent one yeah. that was released on Friday of last week, but uh, pertaining to this specific one, it just felt like a filler episode. It felt very, I it has its highs and lows, but to me, it was very low, just fillery. Uh, it, it it relied a lot on you know the classic escort sort of cliche episode tour which is fine i understand because there is a, a point to why he has to get to that planet as you see in the later episode but pertains to this it felt very it was a very much a miss for me i thought it was just kind of like okay um now the reason i say that is mainly more to do with the child as opposed to the mandalorian and the 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 frog alien uh hybrid which they don't, I don't remember, they don't really say their name at all, but which is, what I did like about it is that she used the droid to communicate with her using its language protocols, which was awesome because that was a problem. Now, um, which I'll, I'll dive in a little bit to the next episode because of that, because we see there's an inconsistency between that going into the next episode because they're communicating and he's just speaking regular English. He's not using his communicator. And, and if you remember for the first season, Mando knows a lot of languages. And he's able to communicate with different creatures and aliens across the galaxy. But he he states, and clearly states, he doesn't 
He never ran across the. He knows the. He name. knows hoodies. Don't know that. Right. He knows the language, the name of the language, but he doesn't speak it. Mm-hmm. And so we see the the language barrier. But then come the next episode, it's not. It's non-existent. Like he's talking regular. I'm like, okay, I guess we're not gonna follow. That's a big. That's not a plot hole. It's just an inconsistency. Now, now we're talking about the second episode. Um, the child thing annoyed the fuck out of me because. <laughs> he told you, yeah. It, it just was annoying, and I. There's another inconsistency with his character because. From last year, we saw him use the force maybe once or twice, and then here, nothing. Like, he's basically useless. We saw even with the spiders, like, yeah, he ate the baby, and then there's a spider on even within the, the beginning of the next episode, he almost kills him, or he almost goes on his head, remember that? And he and the man will grab him and squish him. But, like, he's utterly useless. For being a small Jedi, which they don't hint at, we kind of know, because he showed that he has force powers. Why the fuck... That you have him in certain situations where he's able to control it. And then the next, like, he's mm-hmm. basically... Yeah, he's a child, but, like, they know he's... He has powers. He's the last... He's one of the last remaining so I don't know what the I don't know what the plan is yeah, going for here so far. Right, like, I think... And that goes to say... I understand the, it. it goes to say with the inconsistencies. And it's too early to tell, yes, but, like, the way... I don't know who John Favreau has writing because he's directing it. I don't know the writing team. He's producing that. it, but he's also hanging. Right. But right. Dave Filoni, I mean, he wrote Clone Wars, so I, I don't know what is like... What the angle is there. Yeah. But I don't... That's annoying to me because there's an inconsistency level. Yes, he's always staring at the egg. He's always hungry. He's a kid. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. He's a he's kid. He's an alien kid. I'm sure, you know, they're just taking t- typical tropes from human existence and, 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 and imposing it onto these alien creatures, which I find... I get it, you know, it's got to make it relatable so people don't do go too off, you know, they don't jump the shark too much, but, like, this episode just felt like it should have been put later, um, only if you haven't seen it, but if you've seen it, I don't know if you agree with it, but I just, it's a filler for me, I thought it was just, like, meh, it was just very meh, uh, the Mandalorian, like, he, he seemed very out of his element, considering that he had to, like, you know, watch that lady for the eggs and make sure she's protected, but then the child being a little asshole wandering off all the time and then like he's also fixing the ship single-handedly and they're stuck in this ice they get into this ice cave thing that's like below surface level that um which strange enough it had to be inside a cave i don't know because it wasn't under a sea or anything but no i think it's just in a cave then. um but no it was just very hitter it was very missed for me i just felt very it was just a lot like it just didn't fit to me uh, it was cool that, yeah, we got introduced to a pretty menacing creature on there, but, uh, yeah, the spiders, like, it definitely fit in the element, considering that this episode was released a little bit after Halloween, so it, it definitely fit that, but for me, I could have been, I would have been okay of them not doing this, um, because comparing to that first episode, what we left off, that was great, um, I thought, I thought we were gonna see a little more of Timothy Oliphant, like, him carrying off from that, but, like, we see him fly off anyways, but I thought we were gonna get a mm-hmm. little more... A little more backstory to seeing why because obviously the way they left things off he's gonna be he's probably gonna be uh another you know placeholder for the plot and as we see and Bo effect too yeah and and we can move on to the third episode if you want and, and this so what would you give this grade for this episode though? i i i thought it was a c minus i thought it was just unnecessary uh i don't mind the frog character she's cool you know once, once i like that fact yeah. and she's got cool and she was more useful than the fucking baby because she was like she had her tongue she was fucking up the spiders too like she and we've only introduced her that first episode and she was more she had more development than the child itself and like i mentioned before like the child has force powers and maybe he doesn't learn too much of it but these past three episodes he's been very useless towards the towards his own development Mm -hmm. 
and as well or its own development and yeah. as well as just the way they're driving the plot um and then we can jump into the third episode because then the third episode i feel like it's it's now we're back now we're back into the main canon of what they're trying to go for um okay so yeah can you provide that synopsis for the third episode okay so the the, 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 the third episode is called yeah c minus man c minus i just didn't i didn't like it i thought it was boring to me it was boring but yeah all right guys so here we go um Oh, it looks like it's going to only going to be eight episodes this season, so I guess they're keeping, I can't get keeping the consistency with how many episodes, but it makes sense. It depends on the times. Yeah. Um, so chapter eleven, it's called Eris. Um, it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, so she comes back and does Woo! the next episode. Um, John Farrell producing as well. Came out last week, so basically they make it. They finally make it a Trask. Barely lucky because you know. They finally make it because he put the all navigation. Remember from the the previous they had all navigation on. Going, he had the course chart. They had to sleep because the cockpit was the only thing that was holding them out, home together. Hmm. Was it going to go anywhere else on the ship? So once it gets to trash, which is funny, because all of a sudden it gets to this whole like nerve wracking, feels like on a roller coaster esque thing where basically the ship they're trying to go into the planet, and of course the you know, atmosphere starts burning. Then you hear the control tower, hey, raise the crest, you're coming in too hot, please slow down, and he's trying his best to slow down. Yeah. And then, of course, you see the Bothans are pretty much like the fish creatures, if you remember um, General Akbar from, you know, his race. I think, I forgot what they're called, but... Um, yeah, um, it's funny because they, they finally, they're able to land, and they barely, they're going to land on the platform, and they fall in the water. <laughs> Like, oh man, it got scary, and then all of a sudden, oh, he made it. And then they fell in the water, and of course, they got the crane to pick it up. And um, and pretty much, uh, so they make it there, they land on the dock, and of course, you know, they're walking around and stuff. And the dude who's like, looks like General Akbar, says, hey, what you need to do, what you need repairs, like, can he's like, can you repair the ship to make it fly again? So he ends up giving him money, you know, credits and stuff for the repairs. So they start working on that. At the same time, um, finally find, finds her husband. So now we get some closure a little bit. You know, she he, she finally makes it to the planet. Ends up finding her husband. And then Mando feels like someone's watching him. And we see a little appearance from... If you ever follow the wrestling world... Um, Sasha Banks. WWE superstar Sasha Banks um, makes her little cameo debut in The, in the Mandalorian. Her real name is Mercedes Venerando. And but she makes she makes a she sees her wearing a cloak and stuff, so he's like seeing this homeless watching them. And of course, you know her husband like tells um, um the Froggy's husband tells him like hey um tells him to go to this bar, talk to um the guys, I don't know what they're called, but they have like the almost like the squid like fate like the tendrils and stuff kind of oh, like yeah. kinda like, like Davy Jones from like yeah, Parts of the Caribbean. Yeah, it looks and, just like and then of course we get another moment, they get to the bar and they're sitting there and um the dude's like, Hey, um the kid, the baby's hungry. Paying for information really. Paying for hungry, the baby's hungry, so of course he's like, Oh, you gotta eat something and stuff and of course, you know ends up getting the baby like a soup. And it's crazy how they serve the soup and stuff. Baby tries to eat it and see something flowing. It gets hit by a little creature thing yeah. in his face, like almost like a face hugger from aliens. And then, so um, yeah, the child always. I feel like, I feel like the child is always going to be as we carry on these episodes. I feel like it's he's always going to be used as the comedic trope because mm-hmm. 
And and if you haven't been aware since the show's been come out, like they merchandise the fuck out of that the child. So like they're I feel like from this point on, which Star Wars is not it's not surprising. They're they're very like guilty of this thing trope, but like they constantly use their They'll create characters just for comedic relief. I mean, we got Jar Jar, R2-D2 gets used, C-3PO gets used as comedic relief. Sometimes the interactions between Chewbacca and Han Solo are seen as comedic relief, even with Luke getting into the picture. So this is not a surprise, um, but I think, th- like I mentioned before, I, it's sad that like there, we're not getting a lot of variety with the development of the child because he's still well, he's still unknown. Like we, he's we only see him as a force, and if he's this thing that's like getting hunted down by the whole the Empire because it's the Jedi, they know it. They just don't. They don't want to say it just yet. Um, but Mando kind of like he, he Mando kind of basically says it at this last episode. But uh, yeah, we see the child. You know, he's got a it's a child, so he's got to feed him. And and uh, and I think we, they use the Western the Western trope very well in these situations because we con- we do see Mando consistently, you know, traveling through the galaxy trying to get info on on his own quest while getting the child to safety. And then all of a sudden, like these guys approach him and yeah. hey, you want us? We could take you. To help you out, we'll help. We'll give you permission to take a ride with us. So he gets on the ship with these squid-like creatures. Yeah, like a fucking episode of Deadliest Catch. Deadliest <laughs> Catch, almost like because yeah. they're they do they're shippers, they're fishermen basically. And then all of a sudden, they open the thing and they throw the child in there, throw him in there because I guess either because the way he is, I guess they want the armor. And of course, it, it like ever since the beginning of the season, the big thing that everyone's asking him is the armor. Because the armor he has is really high value, you get a lot of money, so they're trying to kill him so he can get his armor. And of course, then he ends up getting saved by other Mandalorians. And of course, for me, I haven't finished Clone Wars guys, so don't shoot the messenger. Um, he ends up getting rescued by three other Mandalorians. Um, by her, one of them is called Bo Katan Crisi. And it's played by Kay Sackoff, and if you guys watch Clone Wars, she plays that same character in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was kind of cool. I, I bet you a lot of people who watch Clone Wars, like I said, I'm behind on Clone Wars, i got to watch it now. But I bet you right now, for the people who have watched this episode, saw her, like, oh my god, because they probably saw the design of the helmet, which is kind of cool design. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you watch the Clone Wars, you can recognize the design right away. Um, they're rescuing him. And the one thing that kind of irks, but this is something that's new to me, because I thought, when I watched, first watched The Mandalorian, I thought, when they, they implied in the first season that Mandalorians cannot take their helmets off in the public, only when they're by themselves or eating food and stuff, they can only take their helmets off when they're alone. Sorry. <laughs> I'm showing him some news on the Cubs, because he's a big Cubs fan. Holy cup. Yeah, you can read it. Uh, breaking news. Breaking news, guys. If you're a customer like me, it says here, customer has been able to step in the side effect immediately. Jet Horror has been named new president of baseball operations. More oh, so, I kind of saw that coming. So baseball fans out there. Um, I saw that coming on that one. I guess you could say the owner of the Cubs, he's um, or president of the Cubs, is uh, stepping Theo aside and letting, aside. letting Jet Hoyer take baseball operations because I guess maybe he's not doing so hot. But yeah, sorry guys. I think it's because of the questionable, yeah. the way the team's been. I mean, it's hard to cover from the 2016 team, but I know it's been like that behind the scenes for a while now. They're trying to go refresh it. And that's good. The president, you know, that's why you hire managers. And, and, and he brought Jed Hoyer in. So, Jed Hoyer was the GM. So, I think he was just kind of molding him a little bit, too. Like, kind of getting just in case it's going to happen. So, well, well, going back to the episode. I know we get sidetracked. 
Um, we learned a little bit about the Mandalorian code. Like, I guess there was another sect. But like I said, I didn't see the Clone Wars episode that talks about it. I think it's in the second season of Clone Wars. But apparently, you know, Mando gets upset when they take their helmets off. Because like I said, what I learned from watching the first season of Mandalorian was they couldn't take their helmets off in public only when they're alone and eating. Yeah. But they always have to have the helmet. It's almost like similar with the... When our, with the Mexican Lucha um, kind of it's culture okay. with the Mexican wrestlers, with the mask wrestlers, they cannot take their masks off when they're in public, only when they're at home. I mean, they can do it when they're in front of their family, but when they're a media family, but they can never show, they can never take their masks off when they're in public um, unless they lose a match, which they have to abide by the creed. If you lose a mask versus mask match, the loser has to unmask themselves, and that's basically it. I mean, this kind of refers to like El Santo. Um, I don't know if he ever revealed his face. I know. I think they said he did it once. And that was it. But it was for like a TV appearance for like a quick second. He took his mask off, but he actually got to the point where he was buried with his mask on. And of course, there's our luchadors that know me. Mascos is another one that comes to mind because he had different masks. It's just a Ray traditional Mysterio thing. He's doing the same thing too. It's like it's a tradition. Yeah. Which you have to abide by it. Like um, it's kind of like being a superhero. You know, it's it's like they're super alias. So. They kind of keep the illusion alive by pertaining to keep this tradition going, and, and it's very—I think it's that's very cool. It's very honorable, and it's in our culture. I mean, it's still going strong. Uh, but yeah, so like Mando gets like upset that why you, you're not Mando, you're not Rimmelers, you take your helmets off, and that's where you know, okay, Sakas Gary Bogutan, she explains to him that oh, you're one of the you're one of the watch, the watch, and which we see um we see if you like you said if you aren't familiar with the clone wars uh i i've seen the clone wars all through its entirety i have to go back and and revisit some things but this this is the one that blew my mind when they started talking about what they little they dropped little hints in the episode too if you pay attention to their dialogue um they bring up the dark saber and they they bring and as they they have that encounter between the mandalorians uh, we we see kind of Mando getting shooken up because he's like, what would, you know, yeah, we didn't take helmets off. And, and it's kind of like the, uh, what I, I compared to the, the Old Testament, New Testament, or the, the you know, the denominations of uh, Abrahamic religions through like Catholicism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what it is. And Mando, Mando was bred on a, he was born and raised through, I want to say. Yeah, you know, he was founded. Yeah, he was founded and raised in this, in this, uh, I want to say this type of religious sect within the Mandalorians on their planet called... They were basically viewed as religious zealots. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to what we would call... I want to say... And it's no offense to anyone's religion. I'm just trying to compare in, in this fictional world. Religious zealots, so like I want to say religious extremists because they were very barbaric. The Watch were... They, they stuck into only the fundamentals of what the Mandalorians are brought up, which was just pure brutality, just... You know, this is the way, uh, you know, just sticking for themselves, uh, a brotherhood slash sisterhood because there's females in the group. But it's just pure, you know, they they stand by what they believe in only. Nothing never gets shaken up. It's kind of similar to to Zionism or, or uh, and within the the Islamic culture with uh, Al Qaeda and, and ISIS. They, you know, these extremists mm-hmm. who who base their fundamentals on the pure the pure literalization of the scriptures and they take it as a pure literally exact sense which is just i find that's crazy because mm-hmm. these books can be interpreted as you see fit and you do what you will 
And unfortunately, in our society, that's that's the case. And so it was nice to see that they brought that in um, within Star Wars universe because that's basically what George Lucas created. Uh, you know, he had inspiration from all different religions and cultures. But with this pertaining to the Mandalorian uh, folklore, he was... And it's like Game of Thrones, right? It's like the Night's Watch. Yeah. It's just like that. You know, they were full of thieves and stuff. And that's what these zealots were. They were casted out because they started this whole crazy branch of like brutalization and and if you see the clone wars and there's diagrams out there that you can follow cool guides to to kind of give you a chronological order to watch these episodes so you can understand because the minute they start talking about the dark saber and and what's her name sona top so so, both the time yeah no but there's the other one because he's gonna go to uh uh what's that planet oh uh, sokatano and then uh we'll get to that right now we'll get to that yeah and so they, they, so they carry on the mission. He makes a deal with the Mandalorians because, because they're, they're going to help him um, find Sokotanu and in exchange for helping them take over and pirate a, an Empire cruiser that's delivering weapons. weapons. Because she wants... Uh, her mission is... Uh, because te- technically she's like the rightful heirs to the throne of to, Mandalore. Yes, to the throne of Mandalore. Because her family is because the helmet and the family's been for mm-hmm. generations. Because if you see... Like I said, if you've seen Clone Wars, you'll probably understand. What she is. And... um. And so we find the Mando going against, um, which we see typically in these episodes, is that, you know, scratch my back and I'll scratch yours, and he has to constantly do these things. And then she was going to give him information because he wants to find out with the Jedi. Right, and it's typical to what Western movies are, you know, mm-hmm. it's always about, you got to trade a deal with the deal for information or mm-hmm. resources or to get you to a spot. Yeah. And so we see them, you know, encounter the Empire ship, they, they, st- they stake them out. We see stormtroopers. Uh, yeah, he leaves the child in in the custody of, of the, the frogs because yeah. they're you know they're they're awaiting the the birth of their own child and, and they're watching him in the process. And so while Mando goes and completes the deal that he signed up for, and so we see him. Uh, they they kind of you know they pirate and rendezvous the ship, the Empire ship as it's leaving in the harbor, which uh, I guess on that planet's regulations. And the Empire can't hit into hyperspace until they clear a certain feet. Yeah, like because it passes through their guard, their security, whatever clearances. Yeah. And so the the Mandalorians take advantage of this timing until they can take the ship. Which I think it was excellent, uh, because I think it's so well how these I like action, the action scenes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sequences were. So cool. we see them, you know, break into the command of the through the the cockpit of the ship, you know, where the the I guess you could say it's a general in there for the empire. The captain, I think he's just a captain. Yeah, and and then two of his uh, officers that fly the ship, and it's great. We get a good sequence of uh, them battling out against stormtroopers, and there's a ton they have in there. It's a cargo ship, so there's a ton of them blocking them, and so it's like a race for them to the cockpit as they encounter the the the, the empire, the stormtroopers, and it's great. So it's they always do the action well. I mean, if if it's it's a good comparison to when we got that episode when he was with those the mercenaries and we in the prison thing, yeah. yeah, which is like one of the last ones. But uh, it was in, it was they do it so well. So we we he encounters that and they get him some information from that captain and the captain um, claims some certain things too as well and you understand and like he gives little hints too of what's what uh, they're expanding into, which I'm. I think, uh, like I said, if you're familiar with the Clone Wars, you would get as giddy as I was. I thought it was amazing. Once they started claiming, like, the Dark Saber, Sokotanu, just mention these little things. And and that's that's what I liked about this episode. Is like that It just felt like now we're back in business, as opposed to the second one. Um, 
And, and we can jump into like the criticism of that, but that's basically what happens. You know, they they end up commandeering the ship. And she ends up like giving them the information that yeah. they go to Corvus. It's the planet Corvus to seek out uh, Sokatana. Yeah, because that was that was the wanna, Jedi. Contact. She asked them like, yeah. She offers them a place like you know to help you know help her to take back like Mandalore, but she's like. But right now he has to like he has to focus on you know his main quest right now, which you know is to escort yeah. the child back to his kind. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. So like I said, to combine two missions, like because and of course you know he ends up picking up the child at the end. The baby start hatching, and it's funny because baby starting to hatch, and then the child starts playing with it like all of a sudden, and it's kind of fun. Kind of figures like, oh, I was trying to eat you guys, and then now he's like obsessed with the baby now. Like yeah, that's very cute. Very cute and stuff, and then of course, oh my god, what kind of repair job he got on that ship, man? Because it was like nothing but netting and pieces. Like even he was like, "Is was this like the a, best you guys can do?" I'm like, "What the fuck?" It was, like a, like, it was like a Sanford and Son job. No, yeah, it was like a freaking. He paid him a thousand credits too. It was like, a thousand. Yeah, it was a thousand credits. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, this episode. Uh, so base, my, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Honestly, I couldn't hate this episode because to me, because the fact is. You know, it was cool seeing Katie Sackoff and, of course, seeing Sasha Banks helping out, too, because I know she's a big Star Wars fan as well, and she, you know, she wants to support her thing. It probably would have hit me more if I had watched The Clone Wars. Yeah. I think that's what kind of... that It would have hit me more if I watched The Clone Wars. Then I would have got more excited seeing, you know, Bo-Katan, because then I know who she is. Um, in the dark saber, and in the dark lives. saber, and so I'm mocking it. Of course, because it's very. I would have seen that. Yeah, I would have seen that. I would understand because I know we see a little bit of dark saber from the season finale last season, but um, and of course we see Moff getting and make his appearance again through a video chat video as well. But I I can't say anything bad about the episodes because it was really good. I mean, even the the creatures themselves, like those squid guys, because they got pissed off at him and. Yeah, they try to fire this shit too. They yeah, try I mean, to kill him again. Because it's like you killed my brothers or something, and I'm going after you. It's like, but I found out those were like those 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 were actually puppeteered helmets because puppeteer like helmet masks or whatever. I was surprised. That's so cool. there is some kind of practical effects. I thought it was gonna be CGI, but I think they're trying to stick true limits to, because, like I said, they had that to make it feel like almost like the original trilogy almost. Yeah. Because that's, you gotta get that aspect of the original trilogy. And it was cool seeing the Stormtroopers again. It's been a while since we've seen those. It kind of shows there are some sects of the Empire. There's still, like, revenants. Because, yeah, the Emperor's gone. Yeah, Vader, you know, died. And the second Death Star got destroyed. But there's still sects or still, you know, divisions within the Empire's army that still want to carry out what they're going to carry out. Mafia, I think I felt that... He's one of the big generals, and he wants to keep, keep going, keep the empire going, regardless of the, the new republics taking over, little by little, because it, you get these other plans. And I like the fact there was closure between the frog lady and her husband. I'm glad they finally met. They finally got to be united, and now the hey, babies get to hatch. Complete this mission with them. Complete this mission with them. And like I said, this, the action was like you mentioned, Mika, were great. I love the feast sequences. Was great. I, the pacing was great too. And like I said, and like I said, it opened my eyes. Like now I can go back and watch Clone Wars to understand the whole two versions of the Mandalorian culture because it's kind of interesting. Um, because like I said, it's kind of similar to what I listen to on this podcast called the uh, A Bit Saga, which is kind of almost like a D and D inspired um, game set in the Star Wars universe. And one of the characters, he's an alien, uh, but he becomes a Mandalorian because uh, Box Track, who he works for, is a Mandalorian. Oh. And he he ends up becoming one because uh, his friends helped him out in the Great Hunt. 
But definitely check out that that uh, podcast as well. I know they're on break when it was a COVID right now, but definitely check it out. If you like if you like D and D and you know comedic, if it's like a comedy set in the Star Wars universe, but it's really good. There's some action and stuff. But going back to this episode, it's like yeah, it would have hit me more. I would enjoy. Like, I enjoyed the episode. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. But it probably would have hit me more if I knew about Bo-Katan. I know about Sokotan, but I didn't know about Bo-Katan because I'm still like first season of Clone Wars, guys. I'm so behind. But um, I like it. You know, I enjoyed this episode. And then, of course, the dude like ends up committing suicide because he didn't want to tell him any more information. Yeah, he took the cyanide. Uh, so he like the uh, cyanide electrical pill or something. And uh, yeah, and if you don't remember that guy, uh, the I'm, guy who plays the captain, it's great. He's a great character actor. He's come out in a lot of... Uh, He's always come out on a lot of like these crime shows, mm-hmm. and I've seen him in a couple movies. I thought it was at first I thought it was the guy that was in Runner Player One, but that's another character. That's another actor I've seen. Oh, I know who you're talking that about. That he's yeah. played dads and stuff. But uh, no, he this guy like fucking played it to a T, and I'm glad they used him in the Star Wars universe. He was very intimidating. I mean, we saw he went to the end. So like, and you know, for the Empire, you know, it was forever. So I and like I'm an Empire guy, so it is. It was so really cool I'll to see say it. I have no negative things to say, so I have to give this one an A. Yeah, I give it an A. I had no. I would have given it a higher grade, like an A plus. But like I said, I did not see. I had not seen Clone Wars. I probably gave it higher marks because, and if I seen the rest of Clone Wars, I would understand how you know Bo Katan's role in this, the Dark Saber and stuff. I would understand it more. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm looking forward to like next week's episode, this coming week's episode, because we'll finally get to see Ahsoka Tano mm-hmm. make her live action debut. So I like the fact that this, like the Clone Wars, has become canon in this universe, which is awesome. When Disney announced, you know, all that stuff that they've done is all canon. Well, yeah, hopefully. Uh, okay. I mean, they're doing it better justice than the actual. The, the Dave Filoni, you know, bringing him on because he wrote Clone Wars, he worked on Clone Wars, he produced Clone Wars and Rebels. So you get to see a little bit of Rebels as well. Because I don't know if Booker Tick comes out in Rebels as well. Maybe she does. I don't know. I've never seen Rebels. Um, it's too kiddy for me. But uh, I don't, I only gave this episode an A-, minus, only because it was so short. Oh, yeah. That's one thing. It was only a half hour. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, which I was fucking about weird. That. Yeah, I'm just like, there's so much you could still go. But that's because... That's why I gave it an A. <laughs> because... Uh, but, it, like it went too you, fast. It went it, it went way too fast. But if you the if you are if you're understanding where the the background is coming and 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 knowing where this is going is very good. Like it's it's going to expand even more and it's going to be a wild ride. Hopefully, if we don't, the only thing that's going to piss me off is that the next episode is a filler episode. I feel like it's going to not kill it, but it's going to, in my perspective, it's going to hurt its pacing because we don't need another filler right now. They got to expand on him going to to the planet. And Mika Sokotanu, and then also giving more context on what the, why the Dark Saber is something that's very valued and coveted and needs to be addressed. Um, and I mean, I can give you a little background. It like the Mandalorian armor is probably one of the strongest armors in the in the galaxy. The one that he has right now, yeah. No, which is which is uh, which is uh, impenetrable to lightsabers. But there is the Dark Saber that was in its tails that it was used to to defeat a Mandalorian. So this is why they want to cover it because without that, you know, the, there could be an end to the Mandalorian race and all that, or you know, the, the 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 culture, the the I guess you could say it's a cult essentially. But yeah, I'm excited to see how this everything's gonna branch out, contain, uh, especially knowing all that. And, and like I said, I gotta do a little refresher again. But it's nice that they're doing they're they're bringing this into the universe so people can revisit the Clone Wars uh, things because that's honestly one of the best animated uh, shows 
uh, involving the Star Wars universe. I have honestly, I mean, they, they're so fast. It was great when I was on, on Cartoon Network because it, I mean, I never watched it on Cartoon Network. I just bootlegged the episodes online. But it's just, it's fucking amazing when they went from 2D to 3D. And I'm not the biggest fan of the transition, but I, the, the episodes are key. It was great. I mean, Rebels is not that bad. I saw some of Rebels. <laughs> I just can't do Rebels. It just, it feels like I'm watching No, it hurt. Show, it gets, man. no, they said the, the, the first episode, yeah, it feels kind of like kidsy, but the I think once, thing. but no, later on, it does get better. I just like, it says the same thing. It gets better after like the first season. I just like, I, can't. I don't, I don't like, it's kiddy enough and, and just, that's a bad thing. But no, I because then you see Vader more in the, uh, right, and that's fine. It's just it's like I Aces. don't. What's good about the Clone Wars is that you don't really need them. You don't necessarily need them. It, it does. It does provide more uh, character development. Yeah, more character development and um, gives you more. Well, I want to say more icing on that cake. Um, you Especially know, just, with the little, last just another layer, you know, on that cake, and that's fine. If you if you like to get if you like to be more intrigued on the the wide canon of the Star Wars universe, I mean, think of, there's books on this guys. The, the movies the movie canon is one thing, but the books there's so many books, and this is why it's awesome that they're trying to bring that into the forelight with the Mandalorian being as popular as it is for Disney Plus. Um, and I see it only. I mean, it's it, to be honest, the Mandalorian is its anchor for Disney Plus. I feel like right now. And they, they made it in perfect timing for the holiday season and considering that everyone's kind of stuck at home. Uh, I mean, we could talk about the COVID. But yeah, uh, overall, this was a good, solid episode. A way to bring us back into speed of things. Uh, it just sucked that it was really short. Yeah. That's okay. Other than that, I'm excited to see where it's going. Uh, and we have a new episode this Friday. Of the I think Carl Waters is uh, directed this episode. Awesome. Um, we'll see how his episode. Hopefully he makes an appearance yeah, in it as well. And uh, it sucks because uh, I don't know if, how it is if you're with you guys. We have a lot of international listeners. So I'm, all the rules and the lockdowns are different compared to the United States over here. But uh, us in Illinois, we're going back on lockdowns again. It's We've gotten an advisory warning. Typically, the way I see Illinois, we kind of work with whatever Chicago's doing because mm-hmm. that's where the the spread is the most over there. Uh, currently, I read a statistic today that a friend sent me over that's actually battling COVID right now. Uh, un- un- unfortunately, uh, so all my, I send all my best to my friend, but he had mentioned he he put up a statistic panel that Chicago. The chances of, uh, considering that the holiday coming up this yeah, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving guys and, next week. And, um, in, in America, they celebrate Thanksgiving. And Canada already did theirs in October. They do it in October, yeah. But anyways, pertaining to us here in the States, they're giving advisory to avoid big parties. Uh, they set, uh, they said the <laughs> an imaginary like, number don't of Don't let your family people. that you don't live with, basically. Right. Uh, an imaginary number of 10 people, they want to reduce it. But uh, he, he sent me a statistic... Of a study they made to where um, the odds of you catching COVID even with people with a set party of 10 people in the different metropolitan hub spots within the states. And we're talking NYC, LA, uh, uh, fuck, you know, major metropolitan areas. I can't think of it. I know St. Louis was another one that was mentioned. But mm-hmm. Chicago was the highest rate of odds of probability, which was at 58%, oh, which is insane. Um, and the reason he mentioned that to me is because I'm, I'm moving back into the city. So in my, my job is still, uh, it's considered essential because I'm working on the back end things and the e-commerce side of the business. So I still have to be there. 
But um, it's 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 crazy. He had just caught this on Sunday, so it's it's oh wow, it's very insane. But he said it's brutal as fuck. It, it's it sucks, man. And so I'm glad that he's using his platform to spread information and and like I hope you know I wish him the best during these times, man. And it's fucking it sucks. So those guys, those ant, those people who are causing a ruckus or causing some shit because you're not wearing a mask. Um, what I say is fuck you. Uh, stop being a baby if you think the worst thing in the world is to put a mask on so you don't get others sick and as well as yourself I don't understand why you're here you you have a weird perception on life you 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 are you have the right to your own opinions but I think this is like come on you to me in my eyes you're a fucking baby like it is what it is wear the mask no matter how ridiculous it is sometimes to be in certain situations where like you think this isn't preventable, but it truly is. And unfortunately in our states, there is a lot of liberty here, which is fine. It's good. There's freedom, but freedom is subjective and we need to beat this thing. And unfortunately America for its resources and it, that it has, and it's very, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that we're still going through this. And I'm not saying that there's second surges happening because they are happening around the world. Yeah, that's like I don't know if you like I've been like you know with Paul Coach every fall like events and stuff because you know one thing that I do miss are conventions. Yeah, and yeah. I like for a fact what I don't know if you guys went to see you this past February. Me and Biko were fortunate enough to go because it was like the last convention, physical convention to go before right before started. the lockdowns. Yeah, and they announced that C two E two will be available next year in December, which. I understand it's a winter winter here in Illinois sucks in the it's Midwest. It's fucking awful. But I understand why they pushed it in December because maybe not many people are going to go out. I think that's what it is. I think it's what it is. But at the same time, it's like I understand. But you know, even right now, it's like I've been following like who knows what concert because there's been like a back and forward concerts. Like possibly they're going to offer. There probably people are going to want to go to a concert so that they have to get tested before. And, and, and it's funny because there's it still concerts going on. Flying. And, 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 and right now, even on flying right now, they're still they're still trying to figure out right now the flights too because it's like with the whole advisor right now, they're trying to limit flights. But who knows? Maybe airlines are going to request you got to get tested and show your results to the airlines. And it's not just that we it's also have, the safety um, of the you know right. But it's not just that we're we're also they also aren't making this this whole thing has just been takenly irrationally and, and unfortunately like. We have people who can still travel to Wisconsin and, and Minnesota and places like that. Michigan just announced a three-week lockdown that they're going to go into. And it's a full lockdown. So but they're going to let anybody in. No, they're full lockdown. So they have a bunch of... But we still have travelers that are going to go to across state lines and have a little more relaxed restrictions. And they're going to do that same thing. I've read accounts of people who are coming from the city going out to the suburbs who have lax restrictions. I've... I've I've been around places that don't have that. It's a fucking joke. Like I don't understand why what people don't get that they just need to limit their shit. But I also understand that humans can't be isolated for long. I mean, de- per- depending on your personality, um, me, this hurts I, extroverts the most. Introverts like so like me. Yeah, yeah. like I, I'm more introvert. I only go out when I go to work. This, right? For you, it's a cakewalk. For like, me, I can do this. Yeah. yeah, and I've been quarantined since last December, so it's what it is. It is what it is, but. It's a fu- like this thing. Unfortunately, we're never gonna get on top of it because it's just we the cat's out of the bag. There's so many conflicting research, and, and it's like there's unfortunately our media we can't get a solid answer because of our leadership, and it's just so fucked. But what we can do, the power that we have is in our local communities and yourself. So please just practice safe distancing. 
Wear a fucking mask. Wash your hands. And also support, you know, the, the support the food industry, guys. Yes, support the local businesses. businesses. The, they're looking hurt the most. I know DoorDash earlier and Uber Eats, but hey, try to order. Like, I understand McDonald's and stuff, but I find out, like, in the UK, I guess uh, Burger King was urging people to order from McDonald's or, yeah. to help them out because, you know, they, they don't want to get hurt as well. They don't want people in their, they don't want people in their lobbies. They don't want people, like, fucking around. Especially, dude, come on. Like... If you can't if you can't go a week without a whopper, it's fucking says a lot. There's the things you gotta kick on your own day on your own issues. And like I said, it's just fucked. Honestly, guys, just a, and support you know your local business, especially with the holidays coming up. I understand that's why they're doing smart, and I would do apply like these stores, like the big box chains, having these deals online because they're trying to discourage people from coming in on Black Friday, which makes sense. You know, with the, the the help of the surge of cases, and it's like it's you know I understand them this standpoint. And, like, take it from me, I'm one of the essential workers who've been working constantly since this pandemic happened. And I'm going to have to take a, a three-week uh, break because it was at the little health care I got. And they told me to stay home because, you know, it's like because we're constantly doing temperature checks. And, like I said, you have a fever. They even tell you if you're not feeling well or you've been in contact with somebody. Just fucking stay home. That had, well, they tell you to stay home and go get yourself tested and just come back with the proper big word. They, they, they're not going to like, you know, they're still going to help you out. They just want to make sure that you're safe. And at the same time, you're trying to keep others safe as well. It's like, yeah, very mass is annoying. But honestly, the way I got used to the fact that now it's like when we go out to grocery shopping or something, I always check to make sure I have my phone, my wallet, my keys, and my mask. Because I'm doing my part in helping others by, you know, putting on a mask and keeping myself from others from getting affected as well. That's what it is. You're helping not just yourself, but you're helping those around you. That's one thing you guys got to keep forgetting. And I know there's those anti-maskers down, you know, they're saying, oh, it's all right to breathe and stuff like... Fucking idiots. But you see countries like Japan who got... who It became... In Japan, it's a normal thing. If you're sick, you wear a mask. It's a common occurrence. So people are used to it. And they're a culture that they're always clean. And that's one of my countries that I will love to visit is Japan. Yeah, when we get a chance. When we get a chance. Once they open their borders. Once they open, you know... Yeah. Their borders. We're like the fucking we're like DEFCON five over here in, in our states compared to the rest of the world, and and those numbers keep climbing, and it's just unfortunately, I mean, it's a tough situation for a lot of for a lot of people, and, and what's plus, unfortunate is our government. And the only thing I learned much. too so far with this pandemic, so far with the gaming world, I know we're gonna go into gaming a little bit. Is games like Among Us became a popular thing because of people at home, and now like phasmophobia has become like a big thing now to the point. Uh, today, I guess they they're the Kinect Games just released a first look at the new prison level for phasmophobia. I guess it's shown on Twitter so far what they look like and what the images. But one thing I just read right now on comicbook.com that Conan O'Brien is um, stepping away from late night television and now he's going to release his talk show on uh, HBO Max. Oh, shit. All right. Because it's kind of hard doing the talk show on TV where either you're at home. Where TV's dying. And I just saw that right now. <laughs> Um, and of course, um, a lot of players, you know, it's interesting how, and of course with the anime industry too, because it's like, you know, they're, most of the studios have to work from home and stuff. And like, right now, the only thing that's been going strong is like these animated shows right now, because it's kind of easier because I think Bob's Burgers, they were doing like the voice actors were recording from home. So they're able to do stuff, you know, with the, the equipment they have. And of course, I don't know if you guys were lucky enough to get the PlayStation 5 last week. 
and Xbox Series X, like, so you know both systems right now. So far, but I read so far, both systems are not doing it. Like, I mean, sales wise, they're doing good, but console wise, Xbox is winning. Xbox is winning. PlayStation Five just released a update file, update patch finally. And to me, I'm like, I'm holding off. Like, if you remember from the last episode about the console wars, I said that I'm waiting and I'm sticking to it. And then there's a thing on subreddit saying, I just read the subreddit where people are like, well, we're going to wait. And even Sony said, they came out like, this transition to new systems is going to take three years. It just it just seemed like a stupid desperation move on their part. They were just, they just looked very, they were very unprepared. And, and they're going to, I'm sure their help customer service line is just getting hit every day and, and and I feel bad for the workers doing and like having to field those calls, but man, it, like that's that's like a one on one like perfect example on how to you know overstepping your deadlines and and thinking you can push a product that's not fully you know rendered. And then and plus, it's like I mean, yeah, it sucks because like I, look, like I do want to get Miles Morales, Spider Man Miles Morales, while I I'm, I'm probably gonna hold off and wait for the. I might get it for PS4 and because you get the free upgrade to PS5 once I get the system because right now with the game's being almost like 70 bucks. I'm like, shoot. Yeah, that's, that's fucking nuts. So that's what I'm going to hold. That's what, that's the biggest reason why I'm going to hold up. But I've been hearing that game's been getting a lot of great reviews. Um, they have uh, some good Easter eggs. I saw one. They have a statue of Stan Lee. It's awesome. Um, they did a little tribute to, uh, I guess if you play the game, um, there's a little like thing in the credits saying this is dedicated to Chadwick Boseman. They did like a little tribute oh, to him awesome. at the end. Uh, there's one screenshot that somebody showed like Black Lives Matter sign in the game, which is kind of cool. Um, people realize Miles Morales is both African American and Puerto Rican yeah, because his dad's like African American and his mom is like Puerto Rican, so it's kind of like a mix. It's awesome to get a Latino superhero on the front page. We get a Latin superhero. Finally, we got something, guys. Not not totally today, but we got something. And then um, yeah. And then, of course, I see right now Demon Slayer. I don't know if you guys have seen anime. Demon Slayer is really good. Um, the film so far has become the number one film in Japan. IMAX film in Japan. It became number one. Um, it overtook um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow. And that film, I hope, it, supposedly said next year that film's going to come out. And because what happens is that movie's canon because it, if you've seen Demon Slayer, the film is, covers the train arc. So it's like a whole it, it, the, the movie is canon, so it follows where if you watch the first season of Demon Slayer, it takes off. And I'm reading from Anime News Network. Uh, it says here, Entertainment News website deadline reported on Monday that Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaba, the, the movie Mugen Train, anime's IMAX screens are now the highest earning IMAX screens in Japan, having earned the equivalent of $14.2 million in 30 days. The earnings outperformed the previous IMAX number one, Bohemian Rhapsody, which took 135 days to reach $13 million in Japan. The movie has began screening at 30 IMAX theaters in Japan on October 16th. The film has sold a total of 17 million five hundred five hundred ninety-five tickets for a second some committed earning of twenty-nine billion three hundred forty-nine million two hundred ninety-one thousand fifty yen. It's about two hundred and twenty-three million US. As of Sunday, November 15th, after 31 days in theaters in Japan. So I know supposedly this is coming next year to the US. I think they just became number one film in Taiwan as well. And of course, uh, another bit of anime news. If you're a big fan of Naruto, uh, Masasashi Kishimoto has announced that he's taking over writing duties for the Boruto manga. Remember, the anime came out first before the manga. Remember, the manga is a sequel to Naruto, and he had his assistants uh, write and drew the art. With the failure that Kishimoto had with Samurai 8, which I have not read, 
and being canceled after a certain amount of volumes. Uh, he went back and now because his assistant's going to his assistant's going to go write something else. He's taking over the writing duties, but his um, he would write the the draft and the storyboard, but his assistant will still be doing the artwork. So a lot of people are like, oh, he's taking over. So it's like almost like someone when um, Zack Schneider right now that's currently right now. Zach Schneider coming back and redoing just the way that he intended it to be. Because I've been reading too that Ben Affleck has reported doing some reshots for the film as well. And that Joker, Jerry Lowe's Joker is going to be redeemed in this film as well. So we'll see how that goes as well. But honestly, dude, and obviously for my recommendation for, for anime this week, check out Demon Slayer. The manga is really good. Um, that, but definitely check out Demon Slayer if you want to see the film next year, which is going to, supposed to come out to the U.S. and Canada next year. I think Funimation is going to be handling the, the screenings. Mm-hmm. Which I like to do that. I'll see that's something I will actually go to a movie for. For, uh, for Demon Slayer movie uh, train. Yeah, I mean, if they even have that. But, uh, we'll see what yeah. happens. Right now, I think they're right now they're doing the, like, the Fate Stay Night. Um, haven't seen the third film right now. It's been, I guess, the 18th. It's supposed to be in U.S. studios for a limited time. And it's only going to be sub, guys. It's going to be subtitled, so. But definitely check out Demon Slayer, the anime. It's available on Crunchyroll, Funimation, and I believe Hulu as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. The artwork is really great. It takes place in the Taisho period, which is almost like the early 1900s. Almost in the 1800s, 1900s, that kind of period of time. So, so definitely check out. The artwork is phenomenal, so definitely check it out. All right, uh, Biko, you have anything else before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to read a, a life pro tip, okay. which is very important. Oh, God, as I refresh the page, <laughs> um, which is very important to these times, um, considering that uh, intellectual discourse is, well, lacking a little bit of intellectual side on, on both accounts, and depending on who you, you talk to, and, and and it pertains honestly to how you get where you get your information from and and how you navigate the internet and trying to find a solid source that you and you did you being able to decipher whatever is the truth. Um, but here's a life pro tip, which I think you can take this with you throughout your whole journey and, and within life because it's so fucking important. So the life pro tip of the day is never hold a hundred percent to any belief that you are absolutely sure of. Always leave at least a 1% chance to question your own beliefs in light of a new information, which pertains to, um, which I find a lot of people tend to only focus on this and that's called, um, absolutism, Mm. uh, which people who believe in absolutes because they, they hold firmly to the beliefs, which is understandable, but they never are never willing to be open-minded towards finding any constructive criticism towards their particular beliefs. And what's good is the the uploader for, on the subreddit posted uh, a little, you know, subcontext, which is it says, chances are that if you start to question something, there would be so much evidence for the belief that you are holding that you would re- rightly reject the supposed new information, which may or may not be true and just plain a rumor. Example, flat earth. There's so much evidence in favor of the earth not being flat that no new rumor or any new conspiracy theory will hold. Uh... That he thro- that, then he throws another thread, uh, another edit to the, another addendum to the post because it it, it blew up on the subreddit, hmm. and he's just saying, and, and it's weird because on Reddit, if you've ever been there and familiar with the comment section, it could be a dumpster fire because there's so many trolls on there, and it seems to be a, a know-it-all type of atmosphere or platform. Unfortunately, uh, as a person who's a, a lurker as well as a person who subscribes to certain content. 
Um, but it's just, it's something that I hold truth in and that I don't believe in absolutes. Uh, I, I make it a mission for myself to educate myself on these matters and, and to be able to use this in public discourse. And I, for one, do stand very firm on my beliefs, but I'm never that person who's not going to take your, your word, your perspective on it. But I would only hope when I debate these topics that the person who's going to criticize my viewpoint comes with facts mm -hmm. and comes with evidence to support their, their beliefs. And unfortunately, in the discourse that's taken on social media, we see that lacking very much so. And it's only, and unfortunately, it's leaked into our politics, which has in turn created this cesspool of negativity and toxicity within intellectual discourse on social media. And it's unfortunately being taken advantage of by the media, by these social media platforms such as Facebook being a big culprit or Twitter being a big culprit. It's... It's insane that there's people who find it, who have the confidence in posting misinformation and, and using it to an advantage, and our own governments, uh, even international ones, using these tools to their advantage to to fuck up our, uh, for instance, our elections or to fuck up our own discourse in this country. And it's worldwide, guys. We're not the only one. And we're seeing it happening in France. We're seeing it happening in the UK. Uh, and unfortunately, we're getting that it's only blowing up in this age and it, it begs the question to where we should hold these platforms accountable on um, face. Unfortunately, uh, for instance, uh, Mark Zuckerberg continues to continues to not take accountability for this and, and doesn't take. And, and I'm for one with freedom of speech, whether it's hateful or not, um, because it only builds a stronger chin. Uh We've been called names throughout this whole existence. We're Latinos, you know, Mexicanos, and, and there's, I've been called every racial slur in the book. So it's not, it's not news to me, but I, what I work on and I practice on is self-composure. Mm -hmm. And I tend to use humor to deflate situations that I've run across from people who had the confidence to say things that they felt strongly about pertaining to certain racism or certain races. And that's, you know, I deflate situations. We're adults here. I'm not. I say use your words first, and your and your physicality second. If it has to go down, but I I you know what was is, is it the Teddy Roosevelt quote? You know, walk walk softly and carry a big stick. I mm -hmm. think that those these days that resonate strongly because yes, you need to use your words, use your mind, and teach yourself and and get yourself educated on on both sides of an argument or both sides of what we're seeing here, because the mainstream media is, is just, can, they, you know, it, it was what I was telling you earlier, how back then, you know, our parents always say, and my dad still continues, you know, just be skeptical. Don't, don't listen to the mainstream media, what they're telling you, because you know, they're selling you something. And now that the news has become with the internet, with the, the rise of the internet, the, the mainstream media is fighting for straws here because they're losing it mm -hmm. because we can't even rely on the mainstream media anymore. They're fucking, they're playing into whatever gets clicks and what, and, and it's exciting. These people who only, only stay into one side of the aisle and they're not challenging their perspectives and they're not getting constructive criticism on both perspectives. And it's sad because unfortunately the only way you can develop that is, is, is within yourself. And, and unfortunately these platforms aren't helping and we thought it would, but it's not the intellectual discourse has been pushed this way, the side. And we see that with, um, the perfect example is our president, Donald Trump, being someone who is still challenging 
the the election and how it went and no matter what new evidence keeps putting out that it's there's not been any fraud and he's still you know being a sore loser about it and you hate to see that you hate to see it as a president but america needs to go through these pains these growing pains they need to i mean we're a young country at the end of the day compared to a lot of civilizations and, and countries within our our human existence and uh it's just it's fucked up and i just i'm i'm hoping that our country it's out of this. We got. It's there's no way through it. No easy way through it. We have to go through this, and it's unfortunate that we're seeing our education showing its handiwork throughout these years. You know, it, we just have a lot of dummies in this country, unfortunately. And so, I all I hope for is that you do your own research, come up with your own perspective and your own belief, and just constantly grow and constantly challenge it any way you can. And I know throughout this year, it's it's a tough time for everyone. So don't feel compelled to it but just definitely take your time and try to try to disconnect a little bit i think that's so important is to disconnect from everything and just try to be in reality you know don't let these things it starts with the, the world around you it starts with your own community so the way we push it like we were saying earlier push support small business support local business support your neighbors support your people around you because that's where the true change starts and that's within you and that's within your own community and the rest will resonate it's a domino effect. So the federal, the federal government, I, I'll have, like I said, please follow my podcast once I get it running because I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna talk my <laughs> shit. So, and I want to keep this lighthearted because this is a pop culture thing. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, like pro tip of the day, you know, constantly challenge your ideas, constantly get new information, and 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 stay aware and work on yourself. And and that's all I can ask for these times okay. during this turbulent year. All right, guys, and don't forget, guys. This Friday on Hulu, Animaniacs, the reboot is coming out. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I know with, you know, they announced, like, Warner Media announced that HBO Max and Cartoon Network, that Tiny Toons is coming back as well. Steven Spielberg will be back to executive produce how he did with Animaniacs. So that's a look for that as well. So, guys, if you remember Animaniacs back in the day, hopefully you guys are looking forward to it on the 20th. Have your kids watch it. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of humor, meta humor, they have, because based on the trailers I've seen, they are tackling a lot of like issues that's going on right now, which is kind of cool. That was the cool thing about MAX was their take on pop culture, like their commentary on pop culture, but at the same time, their meta humor about it, which kind of, that's pretty much. Because what they were known for. They were known for, so yeah. I can't wait to see what the writers came up with and how the actors are <laughs> able to play off of these characters based on how it looks. I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to it. It comes out Friday on Hulu, MAX. Make sure to check out Mandalorian. It comes out Friday on Disney+. Plus. And like Bingo mentioned earlier, check out our merch store. Go to teespring.com slash store slash talking bop. We got shirts. We got hoodies, especially getting cold right now. Get a mug. Get, get a mug. Get a mug for hot chocolate, man. Come on. We're in that season. So good holiday stocking numbers. You know, you can support the podcast. And one of the big shout out to our international listeners. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast as well. Hope you guys are being safe as well. Take care of yourselves. Um, like I said, also to a shout out to our U.S. listeners as well. Make sure to take yourselves. Be careful on Thanksgiving. Um, like I said, this is a challenging time. We have to make do what we can do. And then we got the technology to communicate. Hey, we have to stay home and do a little portal thing for Thanksgiving. As long as you're able to communicate with your families. You know, like I said, wear a mask. You're going to take care of yourselves. Also take care of the people around you. You know, you know, get yourself tested. If you're not feeling well. Get yourself tested. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it does. It is kind of annoying. It hurts. Yeah, it is kind of annoying to get yeah. in your nose. But hey, 
It's good that you, you tackle this thing head on. It's better than going through COVID. My friend will tell you. It's better than going through that shit. Because, man, that was the first thing you said. It's fucking brutal. This ain't no joke. And I did, have, I, mean, I did have my governor recently had it. And she didn't like it. That experience was horrible for her. So, like I said, I had we have relatives that had it. And their experiences are really bad. So, definitely, guys, take care of yourselves once again. Um, look forward to guys. See you guys um, next week. Um... And like I said, um, when Miko's podcast comes out, make sure you check that out as well. Don't forget, he don't worry, guys. He's not going anywhere. He still will be on Talking Pop. We're still going to be a pop culture-centric podcast. So we're still going to be doing what we've been doing for the past three years. But this time, we're going to try to be as consistent as we can. Give you guys an episode every week. So like I said, you can follow us on Twitter, at PopTalking, all on word. You can tweet us, you know, questions, you know... Any news that you guys see that you want us to give our commentary on, make sure to hit that follow button to get notified when our episodes are coming out. Uh, make sure to check us out on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also iHeartRadio. You check us on there. Uh, we do have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash pop. We put links to the episodes on there. Make sure to like the page. That way you get notified of any upcoming episodes or if you want to share something you want us to mention on the podcast as well. Thank you so much for joining us this week. As always, geek on and take care. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care.